listening to the Bible 126 show. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Tonight on the Worldview Report, Republicans in Michigan are in an uproar after a local news station published results from the August 2nd Republican primary, one week before the primary was held. The EPA has quietly approved a new gene editing technology for agricultural crops that instructs the plant's DNA to create a synthetic insecticide. Nobody is saying anything about the potential impacts of these GMO crops on the humans who consume them. And you better check those ingredients labels and the cans and boxes at your local grocery store because the source of protein may not be beef or chicken or even pork. It's a little black bug and it's all the rage among so-called woke food companies. Also tonight, what would your local sheriff say if the FBI came in and wanted to audit his list of concealed carry permits? Well, one Missouri sheriff is telling the federal law enforcement agency to go pound sand. (laughs) All these stories and more as the Worldview Report begins right now. This is Worldview Report with host Brandon House. Whether it is news from the nation's capital or your state capital, from the classroom to the boardroom, from national security to national and local news that impacts you and your family, Worldview Report is your trusted source for vital and uncensored news. And now, here is Brandon House. Good evening and welcome to the Worldview Report. I'm Brandon House. News Channel 3, the local CBS affiliate in Southeast Michigan, published the results to the Republican primary election. And guess what? Tudor Dixon, the candidate who has accepted the most funding from establishment sources, has been declared the winner. There's only one problem with this, folks. The election was still a week away at the time that News Channel 3 published its results. Not only did arguably the most liberal Republican win her primary election, but Trump hater Peter Meyer also won his race for re-election in Michigan's 3rd Congressional District over John Gibbs by a whopping 75% to 25% for Gibbs. Mayor, a liberal billionaire, notoriously cast his first vote as a newly seated congressman to impeach Donald Trump, the sitting president of his own party. The actual Michigan primary, folks, is not until August 2nd, but apparently they already know the results. The EPA has quietly approved a messenger RNA gene editing technology, similar to what's in the COVID vaccines for application on agricultural crops. The insecticide is DVSNF7, and DSRNA is just one example. According to an article in the Atlantic magazine, you don't spray this insecticide on crops. Quote, instead, you encode instructions for manufacturing it in the DNA 
of the crop itself, end quote. That's what the magazine reports. They go on to report, quote, if a pesky western corn rootworm comes munching, the plant's genes are manipulated to instruct the plant to self-create an insecticide that kills the pest, end quote. Wow, this technology is being called NRNA interference, or RNAI. And the Environmental Protection Agency last week approved the first insecticide relying on it. Just a few years ago, RNAI was the hot new biotechnology generating both hype and controversy, according to the Atlantic article. But its first approval as an insecticide has been quietly approved without any fanfare. The EPA's decision attracted little attention from the media and even less from environmental groups that typically come out against new genetically modified crops. The first crop to use this technology will be Smart Stacks Pro, a line of genetically modified corn seeds made in collaboration between Monsanto and Dow Chemical. Again, so reports The Atlantic. And according to this article, quote, the RNAI, that part, comes from Monsanto, which has its eye on a number of RNAI applications. Monsanto expects corn seed with RNAI to be on the market by the end of this decade, end quote. Continuing with agricultural news, Antonimo Farms, a company based in Canada, is selling junk food made from crickets. And they're selling it in stores across the country under their, quote, actually foods, end quote, brand. The company claims on its website to be on a mission to renew Canada's relationship with, quote, healthy, end quote, food, stating, quote, we've ditched so-called natural ingredients that are actually not as clean as they claim. Instead, we're making something you can feel good about using unexpected ingredients that, although surprising, actually boast the health benefits you're looking for, like high-protein cricket powders, fava beans, and more, end quote. One of the company's brands is called Actually Foods, and it includes a product of cheddar jalapeno puffs with the following ingredients, organic cornmeal flour, lentil flour, fava bean flour, rice flour, organic cricket flour. The food itself appears indistinguishable from other junk foods, and one would have to check the labels and ingredients to be aware that they were about to eat crickets. Intamo Farms, located in Norwood, Ontario, claims that it represents, quote, the future of food, end quote. Intamo Farms' mission statement reads, quote, through product excellence and education to make cricket-based foods the first choice for individuals interested in high-quality, sustainable protein, end quote. I think I'll take a pass on that one. How about you? A new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine has demonstrated that people who have received three doses of the COVID vaccine recover significantly more slowly from COVID infection and remain contagious for longer than people who are not vaccinated at all. Researchers swabbed infected people and cultured the swabs, repeating the process for over two weeks until viral replication was not observed. At five days post-infection, less than 25% of unvaccinated people were still contagious. 
whereas about 70% of those vaxxed and boosted were still carrying viable virus particles. For those partially vaccinated, around 50% were still contagious at this point. Even more strikingly, at 10 days post-infection, one-third of boosted people were found to still be carrying the live virus. By contrast, just 6% of unvaccinated people were still contagious at day 10. We'll be right back after this break. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. Years ago, when I invented my pillow, I was faced with every adversity you could think of. No retailers wanted to sell my pillow. That's come full circle. Vendors took advantage of me, and I was copied by China. Well, by the grace of God, I was able to get through all that and learn from it. I have a passion to help other U.S. entrepreneurs, and that's why I created my new platform, MyStore.com. We have hundreds of products from amazing entrepreneurs. And to celebrate, I'm going to put my pillows on mystore.com right now. You can get my standard my pillows regularly, $69.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. Or you can get my standard queen size, regular $79.98, now only $29.98. Or you can get my premium king size, regularly $89.98, now only $34.98. So go to mystore.com and use that promo code on your screen to get huge discounts on all my store products. Thank you and God bless. Welcome back from the break. President Donald Trump has apparently learned a thing or two about who he can trust and is reportedly planning doing a few things differently if he runs for president in 2024 and returns to the White House in 2025. RSBN, citing a report from Axios, reports that Trump has tightened up his inner circle of advisors and tossed those who deny that overwhelming evidence of election fraud occurred during the 2020 presidential election. Trump has reportedly surrounded himself strategically with more loyal Republican allies who have stuck with him in the aftermath of the chaos of 2020. According to Axios, Trump has distanced himself from former senior advisor Hope Hicks, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, former Vice President Mike Pence, as well as his former campaign manager Bill Stipen. The Axios report revealed that Trump's closest advisors now consist of a few tried-and-true loyalists, including former White House officials Dan Scavino and Stephen Miller, along with his fourth chief of staff, Mark Meadows. While you won't hear it reported in any corporate media outlet, a new report has documented over 100 attacks against pro-life organizations across the country since the leak of Justice Samuel Alito's draft majority opinion in the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case. That eventually, as you know, led to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. The Postmillennial reports that many of the attacks included in the report by the Family Research Council have been carried out by Jane's Revenge, which is a far-left group that has claimed responsibility for the violence. Several lawmakers have called for the group to be designated a terrorist organization. That's unlikely to happen under Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security. According to the articles compiled by the Family Research Council, the, quote, summer of rage, end quote, across the country has included not only demonstrations in front of the Supreme Court and the homes of justices, but also dozens of acts of violence, destruction, and harassment aimed at intimidating pro-life conservatives and Christians. 
Watch this video. So who is Jane's revenge? What do they have to do with the violent far left? What is their history? Well, we're told, according to foxnews.com, that Jane's revenge is a reference to the group called the Jane Collective from the 1960s and 1970s. What was the Jane Collective? This was an organization that provided illegal pregnant, or excuse me, illegal abortions to pregnant women during the time period where abortion was illegal in the United States years and years ago. They were closely associated with the women's liberation movement, but we can't at this point find any evidence of them performing the types of violent actions that we saw over the weekend in Madison, Wisconsin. What we do see, though, is this new group, Jane's Revenge, putting out this statement claiming credit for the attack. We also see, by the way, that guess what? Hollywood has a whole sweep of movies coming out. Movies, documentaries, feature films, all about Jane's Collective coming out at the very same time that this new group appears out of nowhere and claims credit for firebombing a pro-life family center. As you can see, this group has a dark history and will be glorified in upcoming Hollywood productions. You can pretty much count on that. But a Homeland Security analysis theorized that Jane's revenge was nothing more than a loose-knit collection of activists rather than a formal organization. Remember, Antifa was considered to be an idea, an ideology, not an actual organization. That was even repeated by the FBI director. Remember that? In other news, citing numerous data points, the eminent cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough says that more than 187,000 Americans have likely already been killed by the COVID gene therapy injections. The estimated number of deaths was already as high as 150,000 by December of last year. Watch this video. June 11th, 2022, the World Council for Health issues a pharmacovigilance report. And they, they cite 39 worldwide safety systems, and they, they focus on four major ones, the CDC VAR system, the UK Yellow Card, uh, the EU UDRA, and the uh, WHO uh, VigiSafe. Over 40,000 deaths confirmed, and that's thought to be a gross underreporting worldwide, many millions of injuries, disabilities as a result of the vaccine. I told you, 50 per product, uh, and they, they showed examples where, you know, just a handful of cases after a vaccine of some damaging result would be taken off the market. This is how far this has gone. Uh, in the United States, a paper by Pantazactos and Seligman from Columbia estimate upper bound of the confidence interval for deaths after vaccination through December of 2021. This is on the ResearchGate server. 187,000 Americans may have died due to the vaccine. Remember, in Vietnam, we only lost 58,000. This is worse than a war. And yet, the shots roll on. And the horror stories, well, they're piling up. Here's a young, super fit woman who shares her story of how the vaccines have destroyed her life. Warning, it includes some rough language. Watch this. 
Am I allowed to say the V word on TikTok? Because I'm just about to and we're just going to see how that goes. Vaccine. Let's talk about it. So in 2020, I had just won a fitness competition. I maybe had a small patch of eczema on my hand, maybe my, my inner arm here. And that was it. Never on my face. Never, ever, ever, ever. I had my eczema so well under control for 29 years that at that point, I was not actively working with a dermatologist. But let me tell you this. After every vaccine shot, and I had three, my eczema got worse. And I'm not saying that the vaccine triggered my TSW. I think it was a full, perfect storm, told that I need to go see a dermatologist. So I go to the dermatologist, and the dermatologist prescribes me stronger and stronger creams. He says, oh my God, you're worsening eczema. You need to go on Clycosport, and you need to go on methotrexate. <sighs> These are drugs for people that are undergoing cancer treatments. And I was putting it in my body and just blindly doing what the doctors are telling me. Withdrawals, I get, I was shaking cold. I couldn't regulate my heat. I was oozing metallic liquid out of my skin. I was gaining weight even though I wasn't eating. I literally just enjoyed myself last night and had crispy cauliflower and this is what happened to me. So Do you know that I'm paying $1,164 on a medication called Dupixin. By the way, that's half off on a drug that I did not need prior to this, prior to the vaccines, prior. Really? Like, I feel like my whole life's been stripped from me. This is so freaking painful. Ugh. Yeah, I'm that, I'm that person that cries on this app, but it's not about a boy. It's about my freaking life. Anyone else notice this? Like I was literally just following doctor's orders, following the government mandates, and now this is my life. Truly a heartbreaking story from that young woman. The UN World Health Organization has declared the monkeypox outbreak a public health emergency of international concern, or P-H-E-I-C. What's even more notable is that Dr. Tedros, the World Health Organization director, made the decision unilaterally illustrating exactly why a significant block of the nations refused back in May to hand over their sovereignty to the WHO when it comes to pandemic response measures. The declaration was made unilaterally in direct contradiction to the advice of an independent review panel by WHO director Tedros, who is a known Marxist from Ethiopia who does not even have a medical degree. The expose reports that Tedros made the declaration for monkeypox overruling his own review panel, which had voted nine against and six for declaring the outbreak to be a public health emergency. The globalists put forth their vision of law and order in a new video that's going viral and shocking many who have seen it. The Gateway Pundit is calling the video Dystopia 2030 for the carnage portrayed by a robotic dog shooting a fully automatic machine gun that's able to hit its target downrange with precision accuracy. The robotic dog fires bullets from a machine gun mounted on its back in a video that began circulating online last week. The footage has already amassed over 7.6 million views and more than 27,000 retweets on Twitter. Take a look.
Similar versions of robot dogs have already been put into action by municipalities across the United States. However, none of them were equipped with anything close to automatic weapons. Robot dogs have also been spotted barking out orders in Chinese cities under COVID lockdowns. This is the first time we've seen one of the robot dogs armed to the teeth and ready to shoot anything in its line of sight. Imagine taking on one of these beasts in a gunfight. With multiple indicators that the blazing hot U.S. housing market is about to hit the skids and possibly even go into the tank, a bottom-feeding corporate behemoth is already getting ready to swoop in and scoop up the best properties at pennies on the dollar. Blackstone is the largest U.S. residential and commercial landlords, but the private equity firm is about to get even bigger. Zero Hedge reports that Blackstone is prepared to deploy some or all of the billions it has raised to exploit what they see as a coming housing crash. According to the Wall Street Journal, Blackstone is in the final stages of raising a new real estate fund that would set a record as the biggest of its kind. In a regulatory filing last Wednesday, Blackstone said it had closed on commitments totaling $24.1 billion for Blackstone Real Estate Partners X, which is anticipated to be the largest traditional private equity vehicle in history when it is completed. According to the Wall Street Journal, Blackstone is committing about $300 million of its own capital and has allocated an additional $5.9 billion to investors, which will bring the fund to $30.3 billion when it is finalized. QTR's fringe finance block is reporting that China and Russia are taking their shot at the U.S. dollar. And as often happens with high-impact financial news, no one seems to be paying attention. Since the beginning of the year, QTR has been writing about the possibility of Russia and China challenging the U.S. dollar's global reserve status. Now it's happening, the financial blog states, in a July 22nd substack, adding, quote, it shouldn't be any surprise to those paying attention that Russia and China are strengthening their economic ties amidst Western sanctions on Russia as a result of the country's war in Ukraine, end quote. What may surprise some people is that Russia and the BRICS, those countries include, by the way, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are officially working on their own, quote, new global reserve currency, end quote. That's what RT reported in late June. And nobody even seemed to notice. However, I have been warning about the BRICS banking system for over a decade and how it would challenge the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency and the petrodollar and what that would mean for America. And we recently heard that Argentina has been approved by China to come join the BRICS banking system. We'll keep an eye on that. But at the BRICS, the business forum last month, Vladimir Putin stated, quote, the issue of creating an international reserve currency based on a basket of currencies of our countries is being worked out, end quote. And as Russia has been cut off from the SWIFT banking system, it is also pairing with China and the BRICS nations to develop, quote, reliable alternative mechanisms for international payments, end quote, in order to, quote, cut reliance on the Western financial system, end quote. Since economic warfare always precedes military warfare, 
This could be a harbinger of things to come. As many of you may have noticed, the mainstream corporate media has been in a tizzy of late about the so-called rise of Christian nationalism in America. For some reason, that's viewed as a trend that could, quote, undermine our democracy, end quote, even though Western democracy was born out of the rise of Christianity in this region of the world. Reality is, America, well, we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. So could it be that embracing Christian nationalism is the way to go, rather than being divisive and defensive about it? Of course, when we say nationalism, we mean borders, our own currency, our own laws, our constitutional republic, our sovereignty. That seems to be what Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene is advising. If you listen to the interview she gave at the Turning Point USA conference in Tampa over the weekend, watch this. Taylor Hansen here with Next News Network, and I am here with the one and only beautiful Marjorie Taylor Greene. Say hello to everyone, Marjorie. Oh, hi, everyone, and I'm happy to be here with you, Taylor. So I just have a few questions for you today. First off being, what do you think is the primary focus of the GOP going into 2022? What should it be opposed to what it is it? Wow, that, that's a tough question because there's a lot of things that should be. I think Republicans really need to recognize uh, the people they represent, okay, their voters, not the, not the lobbyist donors, not the corporate PACs, not, not those people. That's not who the Republican Party should represent. Uh, we need to be the party of nationalism, and I'm a Christian, and I say it proudly. We should be Christian nationalists, and when Republicans learn to represent most of the people that vote for them, then we will be the party that continues to grow without having to chase down certain identities or chase down uh, you know, certain segments of people. We just need to represent Americans. And most Americans, no matter how they vote, really care about the same things. Um, and, and I want to see Republicans actually do their job. That's Absolutely. what I want to see. It'd be crazy, right? Oh, First time in a long time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Matt, we might continue to hold power. Might have a heart yeah. attack. Interesting strategy there put forth by the... Georgia Congresswoman. It's the anti-Christian socialists and the communists who have been undermining our national defense, sovereignty, and laws for the last 100 years, not the Christians. But leave it to the communists to once again present the lie as the truth and the truth as the lie. Welcome back from the break. Now it's time for our Worldview Report commentary. A Missouri sheriff has rejected the FBI's request for an audit of his county's concealed carry permit information. Zero Hedge reports that Scotland County Sheriff Brian Whitney said in a public statement that his department will not comply with the FBI's audit. Whitney, a Republican, wrote in a July 18th letter referring to concealed carry weapons permits, quote, as the sheriff of Scotland County, I want all my citizens to know that I will not allow, cooperate, or release any CCW information to the FBI, even at the threat of a federal arrest. Point blank, I will go down with the ship if need be, end quote. The FBI told Fox News its audits won't, quote, require access to lists such as state-approved concealed carry holders, end quote. Describe the audit as routine and something that's been done before in the state of Missouri, most recently in 2018. These are not normal times, and this is not 2018. This is 2022, when the FBI has proven itself to be the personal Gestapo of a corrupt regime. 
raiding the homes of conservative journalists such as James O'Keefe and breaking down the doors of homeschool moms in Colorado, prosecuting January 6th protesters while refusing to prosecute violent protesters in the 2020 so-called Summer of Love, and even ignoring terrorists like the James Revenge Group we reported on earlier in the broadcast. In 2022, there is no reason to believe any assurances given by the FBI that federal authorities won't access the personal data of firearms owners and use that data to target them. So we applaud this brave Missouri sheriff. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, a Republican running for governor, well, he issued a letter to the FBI and to its director, Christopher Wray, telling him to stop attempts to, quote, illegally obtain information from local sheriffs on Missourians who have concealed carry permits, end quote. Schmidt added, quote, the FBI has absolutely no business poking around in the private information of those who have obtained a concealed carry permit in Missouri. The Second Amendment rights of Missourians will absolutely not be infringed on on my watch. I will use the full power of my office to stop the FBI, which has become relentlessly politicized and has virtually no credibility from illegally prying around in the personal information on Missouri gun owners, end quote. Well, we wholeheartedly agree. 